Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I have an amazing co-host, because remember, they're probably going to do just as much work as I do, and I will let them introduce themselves. Well, hey, I'm Wolfgang Bauer. I'm the publisher at Cobalt Press, and I've been working on this D&D stuff for a long time. <laughs> just a little bit. And for today, we're going to tie back to episode 139, world building, stacking the gunpowder, a term that you shared with us and I still absolutely love. Oh, great. And of course, the guest was Wolfgang. And that led myself and Rorik to create the exercise Big Trouble in Little Menzo Berenzon, because hilarious names are an absolute must when yes. we make these. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so... Quick breakdown is just essentially I threw up some pictures of random scenes um, from fantasy worlds and had people kind of stack the gunpowder, as it mm -hmm. were, and play off of each other, stacking it and just figuring out, for, you know, doing the classic making a thousand words from a picture and setting up a scene that they could put into their worlds. Right. So as we do, we're going to highlight some from the forum. Wolfgang, what was your pick from the forum? There were a lot of great ones. Um, so in the end, I went with uh, Rudolph's uh, contribution, which was for the, the first picture in the series. And it was it was a short description, which was, hey, this gnomish and human city has fallen under drought control and the citizens have to pay their tithes to Menzo Baranzan in slave labor. So already you've got... Mm, People being sold off. Yeah. Having run out of the slaves the Contons had already kept, they were forced to give up their own their own citizens to the drow slave ships. Oh, it's gone from bad to worse. I like <laughs> that, right? Uh, we've run out of slaves to ship out. Now it's us. Uh, and in the picture here, uh, a human teen sends a signal to her peers, all of whom have their parents captured and are willing to die to save their family from a ship about to take an elemental water portal to the drow capital. And it's this sort of nice, gloomy uh, photo with a lot of shadows and a ship in the harbor and a lot of mossy darkness and sort of glowing windows like evil eyes. And it just, it's got a real nice moody photo and it's like, oh, we're selling the town off one piece at a time. Which, you know, I, I think that kind of pressure is what I like. Like, you know, if there's no one person you can go and... Uh, murderate to, to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you can save one drow slave ship at a time, right? Strike a blow for freedom. So I, I think they've stacked the gunpowder really well here, user uh, Rudolph, because just walking into the situation, most groups are going to say, well, that ain't right. <laughs> right? And it's a human and gnomish city. So if there are any humans or gnomes in the party, they're going to say, oh, well, these are my people. And yeah. Cousin Whiskers lives here, and we, <laughs> we don't want them, and, and Auntie Cookie Dough, and all those gnomes who are have been so kind to us in the past are, have now been sold off as slaves. Plus, if they rescue someone from the drow ships, of course, there's the whole, well, now we have a reason to go to Menzo, right? Mm, yeah. I like that sort of, well, we've solved the problem here, but oh, by the way, all these slaves have been shipped off somewhere else, so there's a two-stage adventure implied here and the second part is of course much much worse because you got to go into the heart of darkness with with the drow so yeah i thought this was a nice way to tighten the screws that yes i really really like that one and yeah and, and even the 
I mean, it's a very small piece of the image, but a person on the dock, you know, and holding something that's lighting up and using that to like be part of the catalyst for the story. Yeah. Saying you're signaling people and stuff like that. I mean, such a s- small piece. Yeah. Oh, it totally looks, it could be a signal lantern. It could be, hey, everybody, let's rush the ship now. Uh, it, it really does feel like, well, the figures are all silhouettes. That's nice too, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they could be anyone. I like that some of the town, too, looks... I don't know if that's a ship or a house. Like, there's rigging and a crow's nest mm-hmm. in parts of it, which makes me think, oh, there's going to be possibilities for uh, acrobatics and sort of daring actions or putting a sniper up there or a lookout. And the whole the whole piece just kind of oozes decay and sadness and somebody's done us wrong here this is a a rogues gallery of a painting so uh yeah i mean if i were just taking this whole cloth i might even put it on the other side i might say this town is uh is in the shadow realm right like if i were running oh yeah in my midgard game i'd say this is this town's in the shadow realm this is a town of the shadow fey and it, it would be the equivalent of the menzo side of this equation where the slave ships are arriving in this this dark and gloomy shadowed town and i would love to do these ships like uh, the water elemental portal i might want to turn into like a ley line or a shadow road something more midgardy because when you hit the shadow roads it's like you don't just pass through the portal you got to pass through the portal and then survive a couple days on a, a magical road or highway which is a great way to say hey guys we're going to have a couple of days of wilderness encounter yeah which tie into the adventure later but you know as opposed to we just teleport from town a to town b and we never see the wilderness in between and in the shadow realm in particular i'd want that to be like oh look you meet a group of slavers or oh hey look you meet a noble and they happen to have cousin cookie whispers as their (laughs) gnomish chef and boy that that cousin is not a happy gnome always cooking food for the dark elves right uh and it's really not nice food that's awesome but yeah i I thought that was a great piece and obviously once you get to menzo then things even stack up higher right because at that point you're running the risk of a backlash yeah that was my thought my quick thought as well was like it makes perfect sense that dealing with the town does not deal with the problem it deals with the immediate problem sure but i can't envision menzo baronzon being like okay you got us yeah we're we're cool with that we'll we'll get our slaves somewhere else oh no 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 (laughs) (laughs) so then the retaliation comes in and actually i think that's a nice thing about plots like this and and stacking the gunpowder this way is that Players aren't used to retaliation as a thing from the enemy. I mean, mm. they go out and do the looting most of the time. So in my experience, whenever I've run an encounter that's, hey, the evil Tiamat cultists come back because you keep picking off their minions, or you know, the drow send an assassin strike team to go kill the mayor because you keep shutting down the slave trade, it always seems to catch players off guard. And I every time I'm like, Dude, you've destroyed half their operations, right? Yeah. The mob is unhappy with you. The mob is going to put out a hit. Yeah. You are four four to six people. They're four to six thousand. Right. What were you expecting? Right. And they think you're easy to, well, they don't think you're easy to wipe out. But clearly what you're doing is working. 
<laughs> and so the counterattack is like a sign of their success, but they're always grumpy about it. They're not allowed to come after us. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. They are. But I play that fairly carefully, right? I, I don't want it to be a TPK. I don't want to send all 4,000 enemies at once. <laughs> and, you know, they, they just want the party to back off and leave them alone to do their slaving in peace. Awesome. So what did you pick? Mine, I picked the very next post, and it's from Rorik. And the image is that of, seems like a rundown cathedral. But what's really interesting to me is that like it's back in, you can tell it's back in use with candles and banners and things like that. But at the same time, it's still in ruins. Right. And like that really, uh, it really drew me to the image in the first place. And essentially very classic, your adventurers go in, they find this ruin, they clear it out of monsters. There's all this stuff. But now all these people hear about this temple that's been lost to the ages. So they start filtering into the, the area. So much so that the king right. can't control the border anymore. So many pilgrims. Yeah, there's just no way. So now you're yeah, in that gunpowder stacking. The king's frustrated at the adventurers because now essentially the rules and laws he wants right. to use can't be used. And then people want to start renovating it. And of course now you have tons of people coming in. Treasure hunters. Spies from other nations, cultists trying to figure out if there's like what this temple is actually for and if they can abuse that power. And just love that it's just this 100% because of what your players did. It just stacked a ton of gunpowder because everyone is now drawn to this new location that is available to them and hasn't been for hundreds of years, potentially. Hey, a new source of power means new conflict. Yeah. And cool stuff, which I mean, I think that probably came in because one of the shadowed figures has, you can clear, clearly see some sort of amulet right. in their hand. And they're so. either scrolls or weapons on their back. It's kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the amulet is mysterious and awesome. And there's clearly just a ton of uh, candles and offerings on various altars. And it's not clear if it's sort of a dark god or a bright god we're looking at here yeah and that almost is part of like the additional gunpowder that i would want to stack is someone comes in steals something and then that unlocks something else potentially that they didn't know was hidden beneath the cathedral and now your players have to come back to this place they've already cleared out which again is is i feel like a a lesser used tactic um, by people is like yeah, just because you cleared it out doesn't mean that, like, you put a sign that says no monsters can come here now. Like, <laughs> Right. Like, like, other treasure hunters will show up and say, well, you know, they missed something. There's a bag of gold somewhere. There's the saint's bones that they thought were just bones. Mm-hmm. Something of value. Because once they've cleared out all the big nasty monsters and there's only some spiders and goblins left, then, like, lesser treasure hunters can spend more time picking it over. Uh, yep. And... Classic Lord of the Rings delving too deep. Yes, yes. And of course, once you've got all those pilgrims and all those spies, yeah, at some point uh, it becomes its own power center and the king may say, I I want a cut of that, right? Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You've got a lot of trade. Maybe we should put new fees on the border and then it's, you know. Yep. Then it becomes a matter of, well, 
we want to come here, we're religious pilgrims, we're going to... I mean, monks in medieval times, some of them were quite brawling and nasty. Actually, some of the Buddhist monks today <laughs> will still have street fights, right? So there's no reason those pilgrims need to be peaceful, especially if the king is trying to crack down to any degree. Oh, yeah. And like you said, and with that, anyone that thinks that they have rightful claim for right. whatever myriad of reasons. Sure. I'm a street preacher who's been saying for years somebody should clean it out. Well, now that's been taken care of, so it must be mine. <laughs> thank, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank and... you for your service. I thank you. The gods <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I'll be moving in. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, now that we've got those two out of the way, we can lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. And that will let us pick one of them and stack the gunpowder together. Yeah. Did you have one of the images you were thinking towards? I like, well, they're all kind of terrific. Um, the one I thought was in some ways hardest and weirdest was number nine this this uh piazza mm -hmm. and at first i thought to myself what in the world is that with stacking gunpowder that's like just a monster encounter or a festival or something right i yeah. think it gets more interesting if you say that's not just a monster it is you know the holy worm of you know some dark god and you can't just kill it so in some way it needs to be contained and controlled and then i thought well what if it's a little bit like groundhog day and everybody wants the great black worm to go into you know the portal or the dungeons or to the king's tower and all of these things have particular meanings well at that point it's like oh well if this is a thing you manipulate and I mean, it's like 20 feet tall and covered in chitin and has jaws the size of a Volkswagen, right? It's yeah. It's not a little worm that you can <laughs> kind of poke around. It's more like you can walk up to it and it's like a bullfight with an elephant, right? Yeah. At that point, it gets interesting because everybody could be bribing in one direction or another. It could be, you know, the priesthood can be paid off to make a prophecy about this creature it becomes a fulcrum and a lever for, for different kinds of danger. And the characters might be given a mission like, oh, go spread the priestly prophecy and make sure it goes through portal A so that, you know, all the people know it's a year of plentiful harvests and the king's rule is just and so on and so forth. Which is great until you know, two or three competing groups try to do something else in this bullfighting space. Like if one of them tries to kill the giant worm, which is a terrible omen. <laughs> or if one of them has some kind of rank carrion food and tries to lure the worm into some other portal, which says, you know, well, the prophecy is clear. The king has lost the mandate of heaven. Things have collapsed, right? Um, I think it could be sort of like a random die roll, a random effect. Everybody wants the worm to support their agenda. And if it comes out every year or every five years, it might be a fun long-term thing to say, what's that town with the weird worm? And it might be the sort of news that players hear about like after they've had that adventure. They, they did it successfully. The prophecy of the worm was fulfilled. Oh yeah, but two years later, the worm comes out again and something else happens. 
So I don't know. I was trying to play around with it because it didn't seem initially like something that would lead to large-scale campaign effects. But if you lift the lift the weights a little and, and sort of come at it sideways, I think it could. Yeah. Going off of that, I like the idea that it's almost Tarrasque-like. Yeah. In that it just it just kind of shows up and then does what it does. There isn't that much meaning behind it initially, but then you're in this town has sprouted around it. It comes every so often. They know that. And yeah, agendas are in play because if I can get it to go through my portal, well, then the whole town knows that I'm the one that was chosen by the Great Worm and I'm the one that gets to do this. And you know, and the powers that would vie for that and you know, I mean, both good and bad. Every, right. You know, I mean, everyone wants you know, I mean, wants a piece because of all that it would offer to them if it were to go like through their portal. Sure, the thieves guild gets it. Hey, pardons for everyone. Let's get our boys out of jail. Oh man, <laughs> right? I mean, you could you could go any direction with it, and it might be a lot of fun that way. But it's also sort of creepy, right? This thing walks through the streets. You're pretty sure you can't kill it. It, I think it adds a lot of flavor, even beyond the story implications. I also, I mean, this isn't nice, but I do like <laughs> the idea of like totally springing it on your players without any pre-knowledge. <laughs> and then out of Those nowhere, this, like you said, this 20-foot worm just appears and your players immediately will want to roll initiative. And then, you know, and what if that brings... 10 more because this one right. has been destroyed or hurt or something like that. Or, I mean, the town guards might just say, what are you doing, you crazy people? How can you attack the great worm? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, a I think a party might reconsider its its attacks if, uh, if all the townspeople were like, knock it off. Don't you dare attack this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love those moments of surprise, right? Where it's like, we're saving you. No, no, you misunderstand. You're going to ruin everything. How could you do this to us? Right, it almost went through the portal. Now look what you've done. Oh, oh, that would be... Yeah. That would... I would love that so much more than <laughs> them just killing it. I mean, because then you have more of, you know, more of those... You know, soft issues of you've essentially created a terrible situation. You know, and that again, it's easier to start a little bit easier to start stacking even more gunpowder, right? Because of like the ill effects of it going through the wrong portal, right? And now you've made the trouble. You broke it. You fix it. Yeah, yeah. You break it. You buy it. Yeah. Well, what did you pick for? Uh... These are like you said. These are all difficult. Because they're all really good. And I was one, I think I helped pick all these pictures. So that makes it even more difficult. Yeah, I I like them all. But I think I'll go with five. Okay. As Essentially, it's like a very elaborate temple to dragons. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that it's like a tenuous, like strained relationship with wherever it exists. Because people aren't really okay with what they do. But then they provide so much protection and so much, you know, and everything good that could come from it. So it's like this thing that people accept. Right. But I will let the stacking gunpowder be the 
apparently foolish decision to bring a live dragon into the <laughs> cathedral in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, people with chains falling all over themselves. Right. What is odd to me is that the rest of the picture does not seem to be concerned about that, but... <laughs> well, they've got chains on it, so it must be okay. Yeah, it'll it'll be fine. This apparently like 30 to 40 foot dragon with a couple chains on it will not get away. I promise. But I like the idea of them starting to do that too much. So then the stacking gunpowder is not necessarily just the risk of, oh, the dragons get free. They take everything and do that. But right. almost like, and you know, it's definitely been done before, but the arms race that that oh. starts to imply our dragon is bigger than your dragon. Yeah. Who's starting to get very uncomfortable with this, like continue continually getting more and more resources in terms of dragons and are people counteracting that? Are they trying to kill them? And kind of the idea of just almost like a magical arms race in terms of dragons. Yeah. I like that. And of course the moment anybody presses the button, then it's, then it's explosions time. Yep. Where the gunpowder goes off. But given that you've probably got dozens of these dragons, right? Two of them having a fight doesn't end the the tension. It just kind of ratchets it up over here. Mm-hmm. Um, other dragons will move in to take advantage. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why I did not think of that, but a third party on the on the side of the dragons, as it were. Yes. The dragons just get mad this is happening, and ancient, you know, an ancient red or something like that shows up to kind of just destroy both sides and say, hey, we're not going to do this with dragons anymore, just right. so you guys know. Right. Hey, you started chaining dragons. That that was never part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> or a third party that says, you know, everybody's sitting around with a, a fully loaded dragon at the ready, and we don't have one, but we're their neighbors. I wonder what would happen if we kind of tried to start a fight, right? Mm, yep. So the neighbors could stir up uh, various agitated groups and get the dragon-holding towns, nations, temples, fight among themselves. Yeah, it's all good. I Perfect. like this exercise. So I have one more question for you, the most important question. Oh, sure. Where can people go? To find you uh, and all the awesome things you do on the internet. Oh, sure. Um, well, I'm on koboldpress.com. Uh, on Twitter, there's at koboldpress, and my personal account is at monkeyking. We're on Facebook with a Cobalt Press uh, page and a group for Midgard and Cobalt Press. And most recently, hey, we launched a Patreon where we, uh, we do 5th edition D&D content uh, and mini adventures that we call Lairs. And so that's that's the most recent place where we've started putting things out. And down at your local hobby store, I hope you find things like the Midgard Heroes Handbook for 5th edition uh, and the Tome of Beasts uh, and some of our other releases. Yeah, which if you stick around, you will hear Josh and I gush about the Tome of Beasts shortly. Yay, we're working on the sequel. The Creature Codex yes. is coming. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. And if you wanted to tell us about how you are stacking the gunpowder in your game, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or head over to Twitter and follow us at dmnastics. And of course, for everything else on the network, you can head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to taking your supplements. Taking your supplements! Yes! And today... 
it's going to be my turn. But again, I am not alone. I have with me... Your favorite. Yay! I think, I don't know, maybe I just make that up, but I like to think that I'm your favorite. I like to think that too. (laughs) It's me, it's Josh, a.k.a. Three-Eyed Sloth. It is, and today... I actually invested a surprising amount of forethought into the taking your supplement <laughs> section, and we're going to talk about something that our guest on DMnastics helped make. Wolfgang Bauer was our guest in the gym, and he seemed to leave this giant book. I would call it a tome. I would call it a beastly tome, because it's the Tome of Beasts. Oh, I was just going to say, is it perhaps a Tome of Beasts? It is, and Tome of Beasts came out a couple years ago, and it is, I guess you'd call it a supplement? I, we really should, because that's this segment. We're definitely trying <laughs> to get our legs under us for this one. But it has, it almost feels wrong to call it that, because there are 400 monsters for 5th edition in this thing. And they're coming out with essentially the second version of this with 400 more monsters. That's they so just many got monsters. Done successfully kickstarting so watch out for that if you haven't got it but all that aside go get the tome of beasts i know we've talked about it before on the podcast both mitch and i have sung its praises but it's a great way to get monsters that your players haven't seen with mechanics that they don't know from a company that puts out great work i would so i was just about to say maybe i think you hit the nail kind of on the head there but if someone were to be like, well, you know, I don't know anything about the Tome of Beasts, that's one that's crazy. But uh, if that were to happen, what what would be the thing that to encourage them to check this out over like just a normal monster manual? And yeah, it's definitely those small twists because, I mean, that's kind of the thing that they have to go go for. So one that I actually used at a catacon, the convention that the Dungeon Masters block loves heading to, is a putrid hunt sounds lovely and it is essentially like a zombie but has fun things like vomit leeches Mm. so you're in like a zombie had died in a swamp and it comes back and yeah it's amazing that's just that's just delicious zombie leeches yes so i mean because the assumption will be that it's flavor yeah, and you, you talk about, okay, it raises up from the swamp, it's covered in moss, it's got twigs and all these things in it. I Most players might just assume, okay, it's a zombie, and then you have vomit leeches, and there you go. That's awesome. Uh, the other one that was really cool, and I mean, there are a lot more supplements out now, but when the Dome Beast first came out, it was also chock full of constructs that kind of fit into places that were missing. So it's also another... Great place to go find some constructs. My favorite of which is referred to as the spider thief. Ooh. And it is a... Steal your spiders? It is a dog-sized spider construct that can jump 20 feet. Nope, I'm out. Okay. I'm out. My bad. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Go ahead and finish finish your thought. Okay, and essentially it's just, I mean, it's like a thief's best friend and could be a really cool thing to add to like an NPC, but it's it's very, very cool. So huh. that's really interesting. Yeah, and that is literally two out of 400. 
hundred monsters and there's a ton of new dragons there's a ton of new fey but again like i said i think the thing that really drew me to it initially was that it kind of filled in some holes if you were doing a more technologically bent kind of campaign because there weren't a lot of constructs in the original not dungeon masters in the original monster man monster manster monster Ah! manster (laughs) it's a monster manster in the original monster manual for fifth edition yeah in the in the monster manual like the official one there's always it's always like the greatest hits of D &D. Mm -hmm. like they never get really that it's it's good because it's the stuff that people want but you know having these other supplements these other bestiaries essentially is where i think the most fun happens because it's not just like well uh, we gotta have kobolds and we have to have goblins and you know because that's what everybody else wants but yeah the the stuff where we gotta really stretch our imagination with some crazy stuff that's the best yep but yes again like i said Go check this out. It's a ton of things that you know, and still have all that flavor, and it's almost like adjacent. Like the you know, the putrid haunt is a, it's it's a zombie, but with terrifying swamp powers. So go check out Tome of Beasts and kill your players. Really, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, exactly. But with that, we're gonna turn out the lights and head out of the gym. There is a shark jaw skeleton. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> But above that, I just want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. Wolfgang, do you mind doing the tagline at the very end? To do that, head on over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running.